Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Unfortunately, we've run out of time today. Whatever it means for you in your club, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the We'll Talk About That Later podcast, football podcast, weekly football podcast to be even more precise. My name is Junior and I'm here with, let's let's switch it up. I'm going to go with Abdi first. He's looking away, so I just put it on his Definitely did that on purpose. Yeah. You know why he swung his head when he said his name? <laughs> no, I was actually putting my phone away. Yeah, um, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thank- oh, no one ever asked me. Thank you, Abdi. Um, moving on to Tanya. How are you? Oh, I'm very well. My Miss- team finally won, so I'm, I'm all good. Nice. Miss Worldwide podcast tour. All that oh, jazz. Stop it. We're just, we're just another stop on her podcast tour, man. <laughs> Although this is her home leg because, you know, anyway. Uh, and, and we've also got Mark. I'm here. Nice. How are you? I'm good, my man. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Oh, everyone's asking me now. I know. I thought, I know, I thought I'd ask you <laughs> I after, after the praise you gave Abdi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, praise I gave Abdi. Um, cool. Let's let's get straight into it. Um, our spotlight game for the week. Um, and and this, I said it in a group. I think we are cursed because every spotlight <laughs> game we choose... The the spotlight games we we accidentally stumble upon tend to be good games. <laughs> the spotlight games we we sit and choose are, tend to be boring games. And this week it was Chelsea versus Man United nil nil. Uh, Chelsea are so difficult to watch, but Man United in big games are even harder to watch. <laughs> They're just so boring. But anyway, there was one big incident in the game. Um, shall we just start there? Yeah. Do you know what? I think start there, but if if you guys are anything like me, where I just still have no idea what should and shouldn't be given as a penalty, yeah. you're gonna ask a question and I actually I don't have the answer an yeah. answer. I'm actually pretty unsure and interested to hear what you guys think actually. Okay, so okay, so instead of following the rules, let's say what we think should have like your gut and instinct by watching that clip. Of when okay, let's talk about the incident because we're just sidestepping the incident. So basically, we're talking about in the first half, 
um, there was a Man United free kick and um, Rashford shot. Menji parred it away. And um, it was uh, Cho and Greenwood came together and they both handballed it, basically. Uh, Greenwood didn't. They looked like Greenwood did. Yeah. I thought Greenwood did. did. Like Never yeah. actually touched Greenwood. Oh. Yeah, touch it, yeah. Anyway. Chelsea, the Chelsea players were actually the only people appealing it. Yeah, so Chelsea wanted, wanted a foul. But when watching the replay, you could clearly see that Cho's hands high and touches the ball, um, mm. which then goes on to Greenwood. Um, so the referee... And VAR decided that the referee should go to the screen and, and view it. The referee took two seconds and said it was just as he has um, called it. Now, there was a lot of debate in the um, Sky Sports studio. But what do you guys think? And on and on Twitter as well. But um, but yeah, let's mm. let's talk about what we feel first. And then we'll go into what we think the rule is. Cool. Can listen, I just I hate say... Man United, yeah? <laughs> uh, I hate Man United. I listen, I hate Man United, yeah? And they get bare penalties, but that yeah. was a penalty, man. That was a penalty. If you go by all of the penalties I've been given this season, the, the how how much how little like room they give to like give any leeway with that rule now, with any with your hand being out and in the unnatural. Uh, obviously, he didn't mean to touch it, but you know most of the time players don't mean to touch the ball with their hand. You know, it's just they no handball is a rule of, of the sport. So um, yeah, it should have been a penalty. But I know I think I know what you're going to say, Mark. That free kick shouldn't have been a free kick because. Um, what's his name? McTominay give a give a big boot to um, Mount. How can you give a free kick to you Man know, United? You know the yeah. kids in school, like when there's a supply teacher or something, yeah. <laughs> and and the teacher asks a question, and then um, the people at the back just continue their conversation. I feel like that's Abdi because I started with let's talk about what we feel, and Abdi starts talking about what. Yeah, the are. he does that. Oh, Abdi nah. just treats me as a supply teacher. He doesn't care yeah. about me. Abdi, you, you firstly you're a mind reader because genuinely I, I was going to start off and say. First of all, objectively and as a neutral, that was never, ever a United free kick to begin with. So uh, I guess you could say it's evened itself out in the, in the grand scheme of things. But I mean, I kind of agree with you, Abdi, that it is it is a penalty. If it was against my team, I'd be screaming for a penalty. Mm, yeah. But we all would. But I just think if, you, if you're giving penalties for that, you're going to see uh, pretty much penalties game on game. As we're kind of seeing, I think it's one in three games this season we're seeing a pen at the moment. At that rate, I think for me it is a pen because um, his hand is high. It's not in a natural position. If he's going to mm. challenge um, Greenwood, he doesn't. He d- his hand doesn't need to be there, and he he does touch the ball. Whether Greenwood like the contact with Greenwood kind of moves his hand higher up and then it contacts the ball. I just think his hand doesn't need to be there. Uh, if mm. if you're going to guard for the ball, I don't know. That's my opinion, Tanya. No, I agree. I agree. But the thing is, I'm just so confused with what is handball and what isn't, like what Mark said in the beginning. Yeah. Because we've seen those types of handballs given before, but as always, there's just no consistency. So it's true. I'm not surprised it weren't given, to be honest. But I personally thought it was a, a handball. Were you surprised? Mark. Were you surprised how quick the referee took to see it? Like, because he he was really quick on the screen mm. when he was sent there. Mm. Do you think he just went like, "Why are you wasting my time for?" I already said it was not handball. Yeah, like, or maybe, oh. or maybe he's just thinking United always get pens, so not today. He went in the mood. Was this was this the same ref that looked at the screen for five seconds in the derby, the Merseyside derby? No, I don't think so. I can't even. Maybe, I don't maybe know. they've maybe they've been specifically. Uh, again, this is all just 
um, speculation. Kind of me just guesswork, speculation. Maybe they've been said that when you go over to the screen, just try try and keep time to a minimum, mm. so we can get on with the game, kind of thing. Yeah. I doubt that's been said because at the end of the day, if you want the right decision, just take the time it needs. Yeah. I understand it's annoying because it would take the four sometimes three to four minutes. But going over for five, ten seconds and making your mind up on that, is, to me, is just ridiculous. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, um, it says it all about the game, really, that we still haven't spoken yeah. about the game. Um, and and uh, Luke Shaw trying to elicit some drama Yeah, uh, his comments at the end of the game. He was like, no. He might I... get fined for that, you know, I heard. He's going to probably no, he, get fined. They've been so. cl- uh, the FA have come out and um, said that they're not going to take any action on this oh, occasion. Is it? Which was surprising because I've seen players, I've seen players um, get fines and and so what and so forth for a lot less. I mean, mm. what Luke Shaw said, apart from the accusation of what the referee said to Maguire, was correct. Which is like, um, and even what Luke, um, what Dunk said, Lewis Dunk um, after mm. the Brighton game, which we'll get to, they're saying the same thing that there's no understanding of what VAR is there for. And kind of basically what Mark said at the beginning, like there's it's unclear on the rules. Some refs give it, some refs don't. And then VAR, like, is it there? So this is my thing. It was like, is VAR there for clear and obvious errors? If so, then a lot of the decisions this weekend with VAR, it don't make sense. So for example, um, this is just an example. And I know it's not a penalty before anyone jumps in and says it wasn't a penalty though there was no contact so the Pepe one in the first half of Leicester versus Arsenal where he runs into the box and he trips he gets tripped by um, Ndidi instead of Tillemans at first glance the ref gave it um, as a penalty because he he trips and it looked like Tillemans tripped him so it's not clear and obvious there it's like it could have been either or. And when you when you zoom it in and they, they show a picture where it's like, um, I saw um, the photographer for the Le- at the Leicester game. Um, there was a touch from Tillemans on um, on Pepe anyway. But it, it could have been given, it could have not been given, it was given at the time. Is that clear and obvious? Is that a clear and obvious error? Is that what we're saying? That that is a clear and obvious error? I'm asking. I mean, it's, a, it's such a... I don't oh, think nothing. we should um, try and find any logic in these referees. They're just, <laughs> they're, just, they're just going by vibes. You know, most of the time, a lot of them, they, they just go by this clear and obvious as like a um, an excuse for why they make poor decisions. Um, and, you know, a lot of the time it's a political thing as well. You know, um, referees all work together in the same area like they'll go to the same center to work and everything and they will they will um they won't want to keep correcting each other's decisions you know mm. so um, do we think it's... that um that someone neutral should be brought in so someone who understands the rules of football obviously um but n- not necessarily been with this group of referees who sits there and and kind of you know referees the referee because yeah, I think so. Technically, does referee the referee, but no, I think no, just get someone from their own organization. Man. <laughs> that's what These I'm saying. Are, are... But but that's what. See, you don't listen because I said. I know. Yeah, but you. 
mate, the, the whole point of having these people at the PGMO or MLL or whatever they're called, or these people, <laughs> it, it, the whole point of having VAR is to oversee the referees. Now we're seeing the VAR are just is just another referee, it's just another incompetent person. And all the people, and the referees never get in trouble for the decision, they don't get demoted, they don't get any negative um, repercussions for poor performances like players do or you know managers getting sacked or any other people within the industry who, who get... Who get um, is repercussion for the actions. Referee, if you want to get an independent person, they would just fall in line like the same as all of these people are meant to be looking over the decisions as well. It's 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 just the referees are now. It's getting to a point now where we can clearly see that in this country we have the you know some of the worst referees in the world. Okay, new question. Um, there was a video that I, I saw on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw it. I um, reposted it. Basically, um, it was a referee in Australia. And there was like a penalty decision and you can hear everything the referee Mm. says. You can hear everything the assistant referee says and you can hear him like when he goes to the monitor, he goes, "Okay, there was contact in the first instance, um, but there wasn't contact in the second one. Okay, I understand. And then he goes over to the players, explains it clearly why he's given a decision or the goal or whatever. The I can't remember exactly what the decision was, but you can hear everything he is saying both the players, managers and fans can hear everything. So my question to you guys is if we're not going to get that independent um, kind of separated body from um, the referees or whatever, should we do it like that? That way, referees are wholly accountable for their decisions and they're given an explanation as to why. Obviously, I'm not saying, guys, do you think the FA are going to do it? Because I don't think they are. But what do you think about that as a as a, as a a rule or a, a law coming in? Yeah, um, I think there needs to be yeah. something because I know we'll get onto the West Brom game. But that, for example, I'm sorry, that ref needs to come out and explain himself. <laughs> they need to be held responsible for some of these stupid decisions that they make. And it just makes me laugh that they want to implement this whole thing now where you've got to clap for the rest. Are you dumb? <laughs> like, they're a bunch of dumbos, bro. I ain't clapping for none of them. They don't know what they're doing. So, I'm sorry. I think they need to do something. But like you say, Junior, they're, they're not going to do that. Yeah. They're right, 100% not going to do it. Right bunch of dumbos down. Um, so... <laughs> No, so, no, no, they just... don't want to be transparent. They just don't want to be transparent. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Cause... I don't actually think they would trust them in that scenario anyway, because mm-hmm. who's to say that that, yeah, true. that added pressure on them where everyone hears what they say, it might they might actually make them even worse. Can you, whether that's can you imagine if Mike De- can you imagine if Mike Dean was was mic'd up? Oh, oh my God. Some of the things he'd say, he goes, bruv, do you know who I am? My name is Mike Dean, I'm fabulous. <laughs> I'm fabulous. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, and also, um, do you remember a couple of years ago where Tottenham were playing Liverpool and it was the last minute of the game and they gave a penalty against um, Van Dyke? Yeah. Um, and then uh, they, you could actually hear the referee talking to the assistant and then both of them were saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. And they just go, oh, I think maybe Lovren had a touch. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And then he gave the penalty anyway. (laughs) It's true. That's the kind of decisions you would hear on a microphone. But, okay. But but it would be better to hear that because then we're not left in, like, limbo about why why was the decision given or not given? Anyway, there was a football game um, that we were talking about, Man United versus (laughs) um, Chelsea. Uh, I mean, barely a football game. But, yeah. uh, Did you guys think anyone deserved to win? 
Why yeah. are Man United so negative when they go into big games? Uh, Chelsea, oh, I feel like Chelsea is like a boa constrictor. They want to like just squeeze teams to death until they can get one or two goals. But um, mm. it didn't happen on this occasion. What do you guys think? Yeah, United are really poor against the top sides. Like they've scored one goal and it was a penalty against us when they were 6-1 down. And you have to say, Oli's clearly just scarred from that game. はい、そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そうですね。そう
Um, yeah. Well, you know me, man. None of this is new to me. Controversial. <laughs> <laughs> Next game was, or well, the first game of the weekend was Man City versus West Ham. Um, and I thought that was a good game, you know. I thought West Ham gave a good account of themselves. Um, unfortunately for them, it finished 2-1 to Man City. Uh, again, another game where Man City saved by the defence up front, where... Uh, DS and Stone scored. What do you, you guys think of the game? I mean, just quickly, first of all, credit to West Ham because, I mean, it's very hard to turn up and try and give City a game, but it looked like they wanted to do that. So yeah. credit to West Ham. Um, but again, it comes back to this overall point of City just being, uh, obviously, I actually to say it, just a super, super quality football team. They can win games of football as they showed on the weekend in any way at the moment. They don't even need their front line to be firing. They got the, the centre-backs there to do the job. Um, firstly, the, the ball from De Bruyne for Diaz's goal was exceptional. Um, they're, they're happy I mean, to have him right. back, I can imagine. No. I've, ne- <laughs> I've never seen Charlie Adam do that ball. I can tell you that. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm changing Chef's it now. Br- Bruno is the Portuguese Charlie Adam. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um yeah, go on, Mark. All right, hold on. Let me read let me read um wait, wait. Bench wait, 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 Abdi. Mark was talking. No, 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 go on. Actually it's a good point, Abdi, the, the bench. Oh, okay. Um being where you want to go there. Hold on. I lost because, keep talking. All right, well while, <laughs> while Abdi has a look um for the bench, yeah, it, it's crazy. The bench there, there's there's quality um literally that whole bench other than maybe Stefan who uh, is their second choice keeper gets into gets into most teams in right. the league that this whole bench their, this is their bench against West Ham Sterling Jesus Stefan Laporte Rodri Bernardo Silva Mendy Cancelo Foden that is goodness gracious me you can't compete can't compete the thing then, with City as well like you have to say like they had a tough run as well like they they had Liverpool they've had Tottenham they've had Arsenal I know you, you can argue Arsenal and Spurs isn't really a test but still it's a big team West mm-hmm. Ham I felt was going to be tricky they've beaten all of those teams Easily. like for me Easily. they're running away with this league and I don't know I can't see where they're going to lose games that's not in question yeah, yeah. Um, really I, I think we need to first give credit to John Stones because his turnaround is unbelievable Mad. like we all thought he was finished and now look he looks like one of the strongest defenders league definitely English best centre back this season by far they don't and... they don't need a striker now they can, they've got him they don't need to get <laughs> and a striker he's... and Laporte was top two top three best centre backs in the league and Stones have put him on the bench like it's crazy um, Ooh, I mean, yeah. he's just been he's just, and he also, now he's popping up with goals as well so and Pep laughing after the game saying we've got a lot of money that's why we're doing well which is just a slap in the face to everyone else. Ooh, shady. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I just want to talk... Can I say one thing about Pep that I have respect for? So, um, Oh, wow. This is new. Everyone week, sit down. Other... <laughs> oh, I know what it's no, yeah. The other week, I noticed the hoodie he was wearing. You know, oh, he yeah, yeah. started wearing this hoodie as well. So yeah. basically, it's, it's a hoodie wearing open, called Open Arms. And it says it's a non-profit, non-governmental organisation with one principal mission, to protect those who are trying to reach Europe by sea, fleeing from armed conflict, persecution or poverty, and also inform and educate on land so that those migrate can make decisions with complete freedom of knowledge. So, big up Pep as well for... Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a changed human being, so that's why I hate <laughs> A, ch- a changed human being. <laughs> anyway, um, let's move on. 
Uh, West Brom versus... Oh, no, can you just quickly on West Ham, yeah? Right at the end as well. Did you see the ball oh, that, yeah. um, that Lingard put in? Lingard, oh, what a ball God. in the 95th minute, yeah? Diop. Right on D- uh, Diop's head. I thought West Ham would have stolen the points there, but... It was a really poor header. They keep going. They keep going to, like, to the end as well. And they're really they're organised really as well. They're really, really organised. I just uh, don't get it. The team, for me, it's just, like, it's an all-right team. I just don't know what he's doing. Is he some wizard or something? I like generally questioning if he's a wizard. I called him a magician Ma- last year, last week. He is. Last year, last year the yeah. Magician. Junior, yeah, yeah. I saw it. I it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> momentum is a big thing in football, though, and they've got that yeah. at the moment. Um, it, there's only like you're looking at about a third of the season left. So yeah. if you if you're West Ham's and your Leicester's keep up the form that they're in, and I, I will will get to Leicester because I honestly I'm being dead serious. I have doubts about whether they will. Yeah potentially similar to last year where they won two in their last 13 I don't think it will be that Yeah, but we'll, we'll chat about that when we get there but West Ham I think if they can keep their composure and keep playing how they are they're definitely looking at um, some Europa League football next season I yeah think. no West, um, Mark said something about momentum but it's also the confidence if you got confidence like little passes that you would never try you would just try and j- these things start to come off for you and West Ham are, are flying high and you have to say they deserve to be where they are. Um, and it's whether they can keep it up. But anyway, let's move on to another referee uh, <laughs> game where it's all about the referee, Mr. Lee Mason. And there's a perfect picture of him like head in hand and he doesn't know what he's doing. And the players behind him are confused. What was that free kick situation all about? Does anyone have any answers? No, I have no, no word. It was absolutely no outrageous. Word. Like <laughs> this guy, I thought he was a terrible referee ten years ago, and he's still in the Premier League ten <laughs> years later. Uh, that was that was that decision was so crazy. So he he looked at Dunk, allowed him to take the free kick quickly, whistled, disallowed the goal, and when they pressured him, he gave the goal, and then VAR told him to reverse it. This guy, like, no way, wait, backbone, no. He blew the whistle for Lewis Dunk yeah. to take it. Then he blew it because he said, no, you're not ready yet. And then uh, VAR said, it's not a goal because you blew the whistle. And then he gave it. And I, then, he, I think he just said you needed to look at yeah. this. I, th- I think he just, he regretted blowing the whistle quickly. Like he, he, yeah. he, he, he wanted him to, mm. he, he, let, he wanted to let him take free kick quickly. But then he just like by impulse blew the whistle again. I feel like he regretted that decision, hence why he gave the goal. And then VAR said, no, 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 come back, bro, come back, come back. <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, because but, yeah. VAR had told him, before he, he gave the goal, VAR said, it's not a goal. Like, yeah. they were in his ear saying, it's not a goal. And that's why oh, he, he gave it. And then he went over to the screen. <laughs> that's what Jeff in the um, Soccer Saturday was going crazy about. They were going nuts. And then Paul Merson goes... I hope Lewis Dunk does a... T- um, he goes, um, Brighton fans are hoping that Lewis Dunk does a Thierry Henry and he can score. And then as soon as he finishes that sentence, Lewis Dunk blasts it over and he's like, yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> but um, uh, it's a farce of a decision. And, and to be yeah. fair, Brighton, they had their fair chances to win that game. They should be relegated for that. They've had their fair chances to win... Half Most of the games have lost this season, yeah, <laughs> or drawn. I read um, a stat, yeah, that in the last three games they've had sixty-five attempts on goal, twenty on target, one goal. Yeah, 
Wow, that Listen, is shocking. If you're talking about profligacy, Brighton should there should be a picture of Brighton just right there in the dictionary next to prof- profligate <laughs> or whatever. But um, they're not good enough defensively to yeah to be missing chances, scoring one goal in three games. Because <laughs> you saw that goal that the the who was it Gallagher scored? I can't, I can't remember. Someone from West Brom scored from the free game. It was Carl Bartley. Like Carl Bartley. Bartley. It clearly looked like all of the Brighton players. The sun was in their eyes. <laughs> and then he just came in and boom, easy header. Well, um, I hope they stay in the league because I, they're actually entertaining. When yeah. we did our when we did our early predictions, I put Brighton to get relegated. Um, mm. I just think it's what it's wild now that you think about it. Like when you see all the statistics that Brighton produce, but they don't score. But then you think about it, like their striker is Mope. After that, it gets really thin with like Connolly, um, mm. Welbeck, uh, who's always injured. Um, and then after that, their midfield is quite weak as well. I know they got Lalana, but Lalana's also had his uh, fitness issues. Um, and Basuma's really good. But who else is there to bail them out on a like McAllister never scores, the Scottish mm. Argentinian, he never scores. Um, Trossard just loves to hit the ball or the post. It would uh, work, yeah. <laughs> and and Pascal Gross, he doesn't look like the the player they had when they first came up. That got them a couple of goals here and there. It just oh, why why didn't they go get a striker in January? I don't know. They didn't really sign <laughs> anyone, <laughs> did they? <laughs> no, I don't think really nah, do. I guess yeah, it's this whole. I guess it's the money situation because usually a club in that situation with a you're looking at staying up, but you you understand that there might be actually some difficulty in that. You'd go out and try, at least try and address the situation. Or even get a lone player. A little lone player. Maybe he had the, the faith, because I think Welbeck was injured at the time, just recently back. But again, you can't hinge your faith on a striker who is fit for a third of the season. It's true. It's true. So, um, so yeah, I was just going to say, so for Brighton, if they do stay up, as as you guys have all mentioned, this a striker has to be a priority for them. Yeah. It's looking bleak, though, because Fulham genuinely look like they're getting points there. We'll get onto their game against um, Palace in a minute, but Abdi put here relegation picture. Um, <laughs> but it, and Newcastle as well is looking a bit mad. So it, it at least it's more mad. interesting now because 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 before the all the teams adrift were there, were there was a big gap as well. So yeah. it looked like it was a foregone conclusion. So let's hope at least it can condense so it'd be more interesting. So what what do you guys so? I know we haven't talked about Newcastle or Fulham yet, but just quickly, or shall we talk about both teams and then talk about what we think might happen? Should we yeah. go that way? Okay, let's do that. Yeah. Way. Let's do that. <laughs> okay, the next game was uh, Leeds versus Villa. I thought this was going to be an exciting game, but I guess for, for certain reasons, you can see why Villa was so compact in their game. Get well soon, like, babe. Grealish, yeah. if, if you're listening. If you're listening. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's, he's, he's sitting... On the edge of his bed, with his phone in hand, waiting for a WTATL episode to drop. Oh, that's 100%. happening. Uh, <laughs> when you when you said get well soon, babes, I thought um, Tim Westwood was sick. <laughs> oh my god, you're bringing that guy up again. We haven't had a Tim. <laughs> we haven't had a Tim Westwood joke in ages. We haven't. We haven't. In fact, uh, I forgot about that whole thing. <laughs> I love that. You forgot about that whole affair. <laughs> no affair. Um, so Villa win. Um, Martinez keeps his thirteenth um, clean sheet of the season. Mad. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, well, for that majorly impressive first of all um well not just from martinez because there's a back four in front of him as well and it's been a pretty consistent back four mm. um in terms of matty cash mings consa and uh target so you've got to give credit where it's due to that villa defense but as you said junior i thought we'd see goals yeah usually when leads play or when leads are involved there's goals for both teams usually you can expect a three two four three but um, yeah, I guess you could say it was a bit of a disappointment because the early goal came, um, El Ghazi back in the team, back on the score sheet. Yeah. And you thought, all right, this game's going to open up now. We've got a 1-0 within two, three minutes. What's the rest of this game going to bring? But from that moment on, it was just a, a bit of a letdown, to be fair. Yeah. I agree. I um, just, uh, oh, sorry, go on, Tanya. I just find Leeds so weird. Like, I honestly <laughs> think they just get up and they're like, should we, should we win today? And then the next day, they're like, let's lose today. And then the next day, they're like, let's have a draw. Like, they don't, like, they're so unpredictable for the minute. No, I mean, that, actually, that, that's, for me, that's one of the, I, I know this is contradictory because I said about Palace before that you just don't know what Palace is going to turn up. But for me, mm. one of the beauties of Leeds is that you don't know what Leeds is going to turn yeah. up, but actually, when they do turn up, it's beautiful. You, you're, you know, it, it's yeah. good football. True. There are going to be goals, um, usually for both sides, and you can expect a really good game. So I like Leeds in that sense, but definitely, if they're if they're looking to to become a consistent Premier League team, they have to find a balance between those you know, yeah. crazy five four games and just seeing out <laughs> a one 0 win or. or or getting into half-time without conceding a goal and then taking the game from there. They need to find that balance for mm. me, definitely. I mean, Mark, it's not contradictory because Palace are just boring. It's just like, <laughs> the, uh, Leeds are exciting and Palace are just boring because whatever yeah. game Leeds play, it's just, they only play one way. And whether they win, lose or draw, they're going to play exactly that one way. But... um, Say it a lot, but definitely vibes oh, man. All right. Adi, that was... <laughs> um. What, what did you what did you put here? Bielsa and Smith assessment. Explain yourself. Yeah, oh, yeah. so I just want you guys to see what do you because like we all we all had high hopes for Bielsa coming into the season, right? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously he's a coach that a lot of other managers say they've they've got inspiration from, and he's got come with a big reputation. Um, and then obviously Aston Villa as well. They we all put them down as relegation candidates because they scraped um, relegation. They they escaped survival just by skinning their teeth last season as well. So I was just thinking, what do you guys, what's the assessment? Because they're pretty much close in terms of where they are in the Premier League. Like Aston Villa are only, what, three points, four points above Leeds? Uh, but obviously got games in hand as well. So I just want you to you guys' opinion of what do you, what do you make, what, what's, what's your assessment of both of those managers this season? Mm. I know we pretty much talked about Leeds and everything, but we've got to give big, big credit to um, Dean Smith. Yeah, I have to give massive credit to Dean Smith. Well, well, the one thing I will say is that you look at that Leeds team and 80% of that squad is the same squad that played in the championship under Bielsa. Mm. So that that's where I give Bielsa credit is that he's, he's brought pretty much the same group of players up a level, arguably the highest level of football you'll find in the world or in Europe. Mm. Um, and he has, them, he has them winning games of football some weeks comfortably, some weeks not so much, but he has them winning games of football in the league. Uh, and then you've got Dean Smith, who's taken Villa from, as you said, skin of their teeth survival to mm. challenging for Europe, all within the space of a year. So I, I think in this case, we can just commend both managers for me. And, yeah. And... 
I think Villa also, like, the business they did in the transfer window helped as well. I think Ollie Watkins, that's such a good signing. Ross Barkley, I think that's definitely Martinez. helped them. Yeah, Martinez mm. as well. Yeah, they did some really good business. So, yeah, you've got to, you've got to credit them. from Brentford. I'm not sure when Biel... he originally came in, but... He was there last season. Good... Oh, yeah. They've obviously, yeah. But they've obviously got a good... Because they had, um, I think it's Courtney Dean, House. Dean Smith, was, um... Dean Smith was from Brentford as well, isn't it? So... There's a good connection from Brentford. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Go on. I was just going to say, I mean, Tanya took what I was going to say, which was the transfers that Aston Villa have been able to make have taken them to the next level and have allowed them to secure their defence, which was a major problem for them last season. They couldn't keep clean sheets. And now you've got a goalkeeper who's kept 13 clean sheets. And you've also... you, you. You've also kept probably one of the most coveted midfielders in the... I don't know if it's the world, but definitely in the Premier League, in Jack Grealish. Um, and that would have been a big priority for them coming into the season to secure their talisman and take them forward. The only thing I will say is that where last season and Dean Smith guided Aston Villa just by the skin of their teeth, as Abdi, um, as Abdi described it, to avoid relegation... Leeds look nowhere near relegation with no. using Mark's point of ma- major mm. uh, majority of the team is the same from the championship. So, I, I, you know, it's, it's you might say, oh, you know, Leeds can see too many goals and stuff, but they are far, far away from a relegation scrap. So, you know, just one note for Bielsa. Please just buy some fullbacks. <laughs> he he just puts anyone at fullback, man. Left, <laughs> left wing, right wing, centre back, anyone, bro. Just buy some fullbacks, please. Five foot four wingers. Yeah, yeah, be my left back. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on. <clears throat> the next game was a massive game for Newcastle. Desperate at home to Wolves to win. They took the lead uh, via Lascelles and then um, Neves scored. The biggest thing that happened in that game was two major injuries for Newcastle. One was Almiron, and then the other one was oh, Alan San Maximan. So I don't <laughs> know. They're both injured for a significant amount of time. They're yeah. like no, they're, so the the, uh, the official um, statement from Newcastle was that they will both miss the whole of March, and then you, oh, you wow. um, so that's a, a month, and then you you kind of. Add to that the Callum Wilson injury, which was roughly wow. six weeks, and it's been a week or two already. So you're looking at those three back in a month or so, which is not good for Newcastle whatsoever. No. With the position that they're in, um, they're not getting goals anyway. And you take out Almiron, St. Maximum, and Callum Wilson, probably their three biggest goal threats. I and think that's... we should say a prayer, guys, because they. <laughs> I, I honestly think um... we should. I'm not even joking. Because. Cause, you look at <laughs> look at Fulham and you look at Newcastle and you see three point gap and you think, okay, which team actually looks like they're going to pick up more points between now and the end of the season? Mm-hmm. And for me, the answer is Fulham. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, Mark took the words right out of my mouth. Like they weren't scoring goals anyway, and now you've lost your three biggest goal threats, and it's starting to look bleak. I think. Uh, what's his face? Steve Bruce needs to revert back to the Rafa Benitez tactics and just try not to concede. Because if you're playing four four two with what Murphy on the left and 
a Richie on the right or vice versa. Oh, they've, got, they've got some and good ballers in that team, man. So now you have to trust Jolinton and Dwight <laughs> Gale to get you... But the maddest thing is, is that Jolinton is a £40 million pound player. What a waste of money. Well, I, I'm Yeah. That, <laughs> so it's like, it goes to show again the value of having an, an actual... Um, genuine working scouting department rather than who I understand that he might have looked good and they, they obviously scouted him for a couple of years no he actually didn't he scored seven goals in three years at Hoffenheim yeah. where was he Hoffenheim yeah. but they obviously wow. saw or they must have saw something in him but again it goes back to my point earlier in this episode I can't remember when but if you have the, the team there with the, the the right minds and they use all the data and stuff and um, your scouting department essentially is, is key and Newcastle had they spent that 40 million on a different player who knows where they could have been yeah. but he's, he's the man he's the, the man who's got a lead he's the man seven goal in three years Jordan he's the man who's got a lead um, <laughs> but I just want to say like before we talk about um, Wolves with Abdi um, Mark is completely right because and I'll say why because their next game um, well, I don't know if they played this midweek, but their game on Sunday is probably their biggest game of the season. They play West Brom, and they, they you have to win that game. A one point is not enough for either team. And nope. if West Brom beat Newcastle, that drags um, Newcastle in, but also elevates West Brom to even closer to Fulham and, mm. and, and Man there. So oh, I wouldn't be surprised because that's Sam Allardyce's old team, isn't it? So yeah, he's going to want to get a picture mm. of it. Listen, these are the types of game that Sam Allardyce wakes up in the morning for. Big relegation, <laughs> six pointers. They, they keep him going. But Fulham, Fulham's going. next two games, Liverpool and Man City. So, I mean, it's for looking... us as well. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, they got the uh, Wednesday, I think, um, tomorrow. Mm. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's It's looking good from an outsider's perspective like it looks interesting not good for them but Abdi Wolves go well not in the Wolves as a whole obviously they're still not scoring enough goals but boy Pedro Neto is good man isn't he Pedro Neto oh I love that guy man. that ball yeah. he put in for for Neves first ever headed goal Neves I know what the hell <laughs> <laughs> she's getting more goals <clears throat> mainly from the penalty spot but um Neto man someone has to nab him if he if, I would love him to just stay at Wolves because obviously mm. I don't I don't see him coming to us and I don't want him to go there to anywhere else. So just stay at Wolves. But I feel like someone will nab him soon. Yeah, no, he hundred percent. But what the important factor here for Neto is, or or should be, is that he's twenty years old. He's got fifteen, mm. depending on how he looks after himself and, and injuries are kind to him and his career is kind to him. He's got fifteen more years. Yeah, and there's no rush for him, in my opinion. I think another two years, at least another year at Wolves honing on that skill set again what type of player do you want to be and then make that move at some point but yeah Wolves is the right place for him I think yeah. at the moment playing week in week out that's what players need to like focus on is playing week in week out what's the point of like you have a good season then you go sit on someone's bench and then that's mm. it that your career then goes yeah but what about the bag though bro it's a joke but the bag is not a joke. So I'm going to start calling Abdi the bag man. That's all I'm going <laughs> to call it from now on. Like, I may be sitting on a bench, but I'm coming into training every day with gold chains and Rolexes yeah, but... and stuff like that. I don't know. See, like... Abdi, don't, you could never be a football agent. <laughs> yeah, you're, a your priorities are all wrong. But you could hey, collect... Go and get the bag, bro. 
You could well, get the bag. You, get could, bag. you could collect a bag from Wolves though and still play. Yeah, but the Wolves bag and the Man City bag is different, bro. I know, yeah, one hundred percent. Our city bag is generational wealth, man. <laughs> it's true, but the the Bournemouth bag and the Man City bag was must have been crazy different for Ake. But my guy's played like two or three times this. Season. He must be hating. So it, life. Is it money? Um, which he which, must be loving his life. Or... He's gonna win the Premier League, bro. I think he's had five appearances by now. No, he's, I think <laughs> he's been like twice. I don't even. Yeah, he's not. He's and they both. Like five. It was one at the start before Ruben Diaz came in, and then probably nah, he needs appearance to, off the he bench. Needs to start he needs to start warming up in front of Guardiola. <laughs> <laughs> like, you better put me on, bro. My boy's going to get peak for you. Oh, my days. No, I don't know. Let's move yeah. on. Um, this one is going to be brief. Fulham versus Palace. That happened. Yeah, cool. Uh, uh, so, I, I, think, I think actually read out like, what the summary is because I think it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that what he said? Oh, yeah. Is it, just... <laughs> it was like yeah. zero one minutes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Fulham still picking up points, which is important for them. They should have won that game, though. They had so yeah, they had yeah. Chances, yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, they, they, they will be the, the more disappointed of the two. Um, they needed the points more. Um, obviously, Palace were at home, so they, they would have wanted that win. It's a game they would have expected to win. But as Tanya said, Fulham could have and probably should have won that. Look, from Fulham to Palace... Is 10 points. I know that's a lot, but Palace are relying on their kind of early up and down form where they collected a lot of points. Palace, this Palace, they don't look like scoring at all. Do you think the relegation battle extends to, to 13th where Crystal Palace nah. is? I think mean, 10 points no, is a bit too much. Palace, yeah, they, they, they won their last game against Brighton, didn't it? So Roy Hodge is going to think we're all right for the next four or five games. You know, yeah, but can... bro, you say that 10 <laughs> points is a, is, is a long gap or whatever. Southampton were top and they are now 14th. Oh, yeah, we'll get to Southampton. My God. Damn, I but happening that's what I'm saying. It's like they were top. Now they're 17, um, 14th and they're only they're only seven points off Fulham. So... We're de- well, 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 the thing is with Palace, you, you can't drag them back in because one, that's a 10 points deficit. So Fulham have to get 10 points back yeah, yeah. on Palace. And pa- but and we all know Palace are going to pick up a couple more wins coming in, in the next three games or so. Oh, could, just, you, could, you not say, team. could you not say that the same for um, Fulham or West Brom? Yeah, but I mean, but I feel there's, there's too many teams in between Palace and Fulham that are as up and down as Palace. Like, we talked about Southampton's platform. Newcastle, we don't know how, how many points they're going to get. Brighton, are they going to score a goal ever again? <laughs> so it's just, it's, that, it's uh, that situation, isn't it? How I many penalties like... do you need? Like, honestly. Anyway, yeah, yeah. let's move on because it seems that we've been abandoned, Abdi. So, we could, me and you could yeah. just... <laughs> I'm just yeah. free to talk about Leicester versus Arsenal. Uh... Let's just talk about Leicester Arsenal for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> oh, Tanya's back. Oh, no, she froze. So, it's just me oh. and you, Abdi. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say, yeah? That was probably one of our better performances of the season. Yeah. Oh, no. I thought the response to going behind was yeah. fantastic. We actually didn't... Re- like, I'll just talk about the goal firstly. Their first goal, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it's my enemy who scored, Tiedemans. <laughs> I have to give him credit. He did fantastic for that goal. Like, the way he, he anticipated the ball, went round Xhaka. But, obviously, there's three things before... Obviously, Pablo Murray was probably the most guilty. Yeah. In terms backing of backing off. El Nenny. One, Xhaka gave the ball away. Two, David Luiz is covering 
round for um, Vardy. So he should be communicating with Pablo Mari, telling him, go to, if he just engages, you don't even need to make a slight tackle or just engage and Telemans doesn't score a goal like that. Yeah. And El Nenny, like you said, goodness me, like what are you <laughs> doing, brother? You have to, you have to engage. You have to do something, bust a guy and get there. So that was poor. But after that, almost immediately, the football we were playing, the way we were combining in the final third, it was it was fantastic. It was a really good response. I looked at the starting lineup before the game. Oh my days! And I, 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 I low key lost my mind because <laughs> one, the only player I wanted to be rested was Saka because he's not taking the rest at all. Yeah. But if you think about it, Odegaard, we don't have him that long, so play him as much as you can. Aubameyang, he'd just come back from injury. I don't think he'd be that fatigued. Tobias hasn't played much. Gabriel was injured for a while. Um, just And Smith Rowe, he's been starting, taking off. He didn't start against Man City. He gets taken off a lot. So I was thinking there's no need for that much rotation because, and, and on top of that, Leicester also played midweek as well. Yeah. But I get it. And Arteta 100% got it right. And that shows why he's a manager. And I'm just an idiot on a podcast. Because <laughs> so. <laughs> I was going to say, like, you... you, you... You make valid points, and what I hadn't realised was that we didn't have a game midweek because that was my argument. I was like, we've got a game midweek, we need mm, to rest players. But when I, I realised we didn't, mm. and I was a bit confused. But if you think about it, how congested the schedule has been, and like, and then you see Leicester players dropping like flies because they played every game, yeah. and it fully makes sense because I would hate you have Aubameyang get injured. Um, Saka well, we saw Smith Rowe did get injured, so yeah. But hopefully, it's not too long, and and also hopefully, it's not too long for Barnes and um, and Co. Yeah, well. fingers but, crossed. But, but I just want to make the point here that um, I, what I'm seeing with Arteta now is in the last couple of games, I've been very critical. You guys know, and at one point I was like, get him out, pack your bags, all of that stuff. I was saying all that <laughs> stuff. But um, we're getting to a point now where I'm noticing that regardless of who's playing, we play in the same way. So it's good in that we can make changes but still we will have the same attacking approach which is good um i'm gonna stay now i'm gonna stick my neck out arsenal everyone knows that we brought in a loan signing with odegaard in january and we were all gonna go we're gonna we've got another target a big target in in the summer i'm gonna stick my neck put put my eggs in the odegaard basket because he is cold man honestly every time i watch him i just think he's the answer and it's only been a short amount of time but I'm going to put my eggs in the Odegaard basket. He's He's been really good as well. Uh, but on the game, I thought, oh, wow, Willian and Pepe. Who, who would have thought, man? The two boneheads. Oh my and, God. And some, something else that we have to praise Arteta for, um, and I don't know if this this might have been stuff like happening behind the scenes, but listen to this, yeah. Kalasinac and Mustafi, who both joined Schalke, have led a rebellion yeah. against the Schalke <laughs> manager. Both of them have been been there less than two months and they're already... Well, uh, Kalasinac has been there for two months, but Mustafi's only been there like a month and a bit and has already mounted a rebellion against the Schalke manager. Meanwhile, Ozil this has gone... This is why you're bottom of the league. <laughs> Ozil has gone over to Fenerbahce and in seven games, they've only won two. So it's like... And um, have you heard the uh, Hertha Berlin manager called Genduzi? Yeah. He said he, said he, he plays like he's still going through puberty yeah yeah so you can see that Arteta had a lot to deal with just from those snippets there had a lot to deal with behind the scenes um I know there's still a lot of questionable decisions like playing William like a lot at the beginning when he should have dropped him and we're now seeing the results of like you dropped him William seems to 
Like his last two games, three assists. I'm not saying that he's back or anything like that, like some Arsenal fans were saying. But that's a big improvement from. Oh no, there was things Willian was doing, particularly in the second half. I was like, "Who's this? <laughs> yeah. like, when do we sign this player?" When he like, was bursting time, through. Yeah. No, there's one time where he took the ball and he dropped the shoulder and Castagna went flying. He <laughs> bought his, 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 his shimmy and then he put the fru- ball through Tielemann's leg, which is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that. That's the kind of content I live for. And then obviously <laughs> for, for, for Pepe's goal as well. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, he put, who, who, who did he put the ball through? Tielemann's. 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 Beautiful as well. Um, but Leic- I will give the caveat that one, Leicester have a lot of injuries as well. Fofana, um, Justin's injured for a while. James Madison was injured. And now also as well, well, Harvey Barnes, Harvey Barnes, and Johnny, Evans and Vard- Vardy, well. Vardy doesn't look like the same player. Mm. Like he just had surgery like two weeks ago, and then my guys, you're probably thinking that yeah. Red Bull's a miracle thing, but like he needs to take <laughs> a rest, I, man. When I saw the lineup, I was thinking David Luiz and Mari against Vardy. Oh my god, this is gonna be ugly. But Pablo Mari marshaled him well, man. Yeah. Like there was one sprint in the second half where Mari matched him, stride, stride, took the ball off him. Yeah, and Vardy was just trying to win a free kick. But to me, the man of the match for me was Jacker particularly in the second half, he was outstanding. And I have to give him credit, like, in twelve, in the last 12 games, he's played 90 minutes. His fitness is incredible. Wait, like, just 90 minutes, or he's played every game, every minute of every game? every every minute of all of the last 12 games. So I've got, I got to give him credit as well. So Tanya scoffed when you said Xhaka. No, so, um, no, no, I just... And Dombele can't play five minutes. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen, right? I'm sorry, but... What are you guys now saying then? Like, are you just taking every win with no. a pinch of salt and Arsenal are back? Yeah. Like, what are you guys saying? Oh, no. Because Wait, what? Those two are doing yeah. different things. Because look... Yeah, yeah. I, I go with your option I, I one. Think, <laughs> I think Arteta is doing a good job, but the table doesn't lie. Like, I just feel like... Yeah, I've seen yeah the table doesn't Ars- lie. We're three points behind uh, you. I've seen some Arsenal fans two, and it's like you're two. accepting, like, mediocrity. Like, your tenth, no, no, like, no, this should not be the case. Tanya, of all people, you know that us two are not accepting <laughs> mediocrity, bro. I know, I'm not like, so we, but... we are a mid-table side. 10th place, 11 wins, 11, draw, 11 defeats. It's, it's obviously not but good enough. At but the same we're time, at a point now in the season where we have to go game by game, you know? And at the, sa- at the same time, okay. if you win... You can't really bash the team. You can't go, oh, no, but we're still 10th, bruv. No, like, you win. Yeah, I have plenty of friends who do that, you know. They go, oh, well, we're still 10th. We're still rubbish. I'll tell you all of this stuff. I I have to be balanced, you know. When we rubbish, I will give, I will criticise the team. But when we're good, I will give them. And that's Leicester, you know. It's not just... Yeah, I was about to say, that's still a good team. Leicester without Madison is still a good team, obviously. And Pepe in the first half was cooking that left back. What's his name? Arsenal back, man. Arsenal back. Back. No, but you said that last time. You said that last time. She just disables the whole argument. It just makes me not want to listen. Give them praise. I need to hear from the most stablest person on this podcast, Mark. Give us your thoughts on Leicester and Arsenal. <laughs> well, just a general. I, I, yeah. I, do you know what? I, I have to give it. I can agree with Abdi. Um, you said something about at this stage of the season. I don't care which where you are in the table. It's about taking it game by game. Mm. So I think. As as Arsenal fans, you have every right to be happy and pleased with the performance that you saw, particularly because you had no Saka, no Aubameyang. Mm. But for me, for me anyway, is the key one was no Saka first yeah. of all, and the mm-hmm. fact that I'm saying that about a 19 year old boy mm. is firstly crazy and secondly testament to how good he is. Um, but yeah, I think I think you have every right to be happy. At, at the end of the day, it's a performance that would have and should have filled you with a lot of hope mm. and it's as performances where you 
can take apart a team who are also really good. That make you think, okay, maybe we're starting to, as Abdi said, the football looks similar every week. Patterns of play are evolving. It looks like Arsenal, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen this season, but if you can keep up that momentum, yeah, who knows about next season? And I'm obviously not talking about league titles and stuff. But of course. It, it, so, for Arsenal fans now, something I think next season is big for Arsenal. Let me just say that. It can't be another 8th to 10th place stroll type season. Yeah. In that sense, I think it's massive for you. Like it's top four minimum next season. Or the reality is, is that you can't really hold Arsenal in that echelon of teams mm. uh, that you yeah. would in terms yeah, of facts. today, right now. I'm not talking about historical because if you're talking in that sense, you're up there with the mm. Liverpools and the Uniteds. But this day and age, you can't afford another eighth, seventh, tenth place season next season. I agree. But there's a lot to be positive about. That's my view. From cool. the outside looking in. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. I feel a little bit better. Just quickly talk about um, the BT Sport pundits, man. Wait, wait. Oh. Just before we do that, we'll actually go and do that and then I'll go on to my next point. <laughs> Martin Keown must be the worst co commentator I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, I like Martin he Keown. Literally, he literally <laughs> says don't. nothing. I don't and like him. He, he would have, honestly, if he, if, he, if he had the chance here, he would have run onto the pitch <laughs> and, and gave, given Emil Smith for a hug. The way he talks about him like he's his son, like he makes, he makes my admiration for Saka look like I hate him with the way he talks <laughs> nah, about Smith Rowe, bruv. I will agree with one then, thing. The way he was like saying like, oh, William doesn't look up to it. And then William gets the two assists. He's like, oh, William's back. William has been, yeah. <laughs> and his, his punditry, like, it, I feel like he just says words. There's like no meaning to anything he says. Like you don't learn anything. You don't know anything new. He just goes, well, 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 and that's, oh, well, that's the beauty of Arsenal. It's almost like the team of old. Oh, and that's what we want to see. I'm like, shut up, man. Like, you're actually boring me, right? Like, every time I listen to you. Anyway. And having, and having um, Robbie Savage <laughs> as your your in-the-studio pundit is legitimately, does not, does not do anything for the um, for the reputation of BT Sport because you've literally got a joke, man, there. It's a joke. It's all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's bring order, 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 order. Um, contrast in results in Europe for both Leicester and Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal came mightily close to exiting the Europa League, but beat Benfica 3-2. And Leicester crashed out against Slavia Prague. Um, mm. Just to add some context. Um, mm-hmm. but, you yeah. know that, um, that guy who scored the second goal for Slavia Prague? Is he, yeah. is he highly rated? I've never... Because I heard they were talking about him. Commentator like, said it when he yeah. scored. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'd never heard of him before, though. Looks like it. And and it was, um, yeah, it was a clean strike. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing I will say is actually that Leicester's, Brenda Rogers' team selection really confused me. Mm. Um, Mm. At nil-nil, going into the second leg where it's it's win the game or go out. For me, that really wasn't the time to rest players. I know, obviously, you had Arsenal coming up. But Arsenal Uh, strong in the Europa League. uh, And it paid off. Leicester didn't. And Mm. they got... They got what they got. For me, Harvey Barnes should have started definitely. Yeah. And if you're gonna if you're gonna rest one of those players for the Arsenal game, you would have rested Jamie Vardy, in my mm. opinion. Yeah, he um, was very but, quiet in the Slavia Prague game as well. Exactly. Uh, he but he can't he can't. Jay, listen, we're talking about how old is he? Thirty. We're talking about a thirty-five year old yeah. Jamie Vardy. He can't play ninety minutes on a Thursday and put in. A performance for ninety minutes on a Sunday, straight you after my opinion. straight after having groin surgery. My guy had, two weeks ago had groin surgery and he's back. This is no, mental. No, no, this is crazy. He, that's the no, no, 
I'm not going to say too much here, but honestly, that needs to be looked into because in the year they won the league, yeah, he had groin surgery and missed one week. That's like, crazy. how's that possible? Um, <laughs> wow. And also, you're 34 years old, cut off with the uh, the Red Bull, bro. Your heart, <laughs> your heart can't take it. <laughs> you got to change up your diet, bro. And James- it's, a, it's impressive that he's still that quick at 34. But yeah. if you want to stay longer, bro, just change the water. J- Look at J- Milner, bro. <laughs> Jamie Vardy wakes up with like Red Bull and cigarettes in his hand. I just... <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Tanya, happy Tanya. Tanya, yeah. smiling. Sun's out. Spurs win. Bell's back. You Come said on. it on Twitter. Yeah, you said run man. it back. Bell's run back. It back. Run it back. Yeah, no, it was it was a good um, performance. I was really surprised by Burnley because you know they're going to have every single player behind that ball and make it very, very difficult. Mm. But they were very open defensively, I yeah. felt. Um, and yeah, it was a strolling apart for us, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. I felt we were really comfortable and we started off really confidently, aggressive, got an early mm. goal from Bale, taking up a striker position. I was like, come on, Gareth. Honestly, <laughs> look, I'm going to take everything he does with a pinch of salt, yeah, because he hasn't been great this season. But, yeah. you know, he is starting to show that he's he's growing into the game and maybe he just needed the minutes under his belt, you know? I know that mm. when he has been given opportunities, he's looked sluggish and whatnot, but I personally don't think Jose was giving him enough opportunities to prove himself. And um, he got, obviously, two goals, one assist, man of the match. It's great to see. It takes the pressure off off Son and Kane. Mm -hmm. And it gives opponents another thing to worry about. It's not Kane and Son now. It's Gareth Bell added to that. And to Mm -hmm. be fair, he did show a little bit of pace in that game. I can't lie. And I thought that that part of his game was well and truly gone. First time in about four years. I know. First time (laughs) in about four years. Can I just say... I literally have a run in four years. (laughs) Just quickly, I, I actually, I think that was such a fair assessment, Tanya. Just uh, being really <laughs> like real about his struggles early on in the season. But in all honesty, I'm starting to see not the Gareth Bale, but just smaller glimpses where it, it's kind of like, look, you give him that space on the right side and you let him check in. More often than not, he's going to bend it around the centre-back yep. and the keeper with his left foot and find the net. He's started to do that prime example I think was his second against Burnley where yeah. he was in space on the right picked it up left foot you, if you're going to let him use the left foot he, he will punish you yeah. Um, so yeah I thought that was a really fair assessment um, but I, I said last week I think it was last week that um, obviously the Euros are in the summer and I, I honestly think that that thought in his head is is one of the driving reasons behind his upturning form yeah, you'd want, you'd want to be going into that champ- and it's not a slight on Spurs it's mm. it's um I think a lot, every player going to the Euros will be thinking that, but particularly the ones who haven't been informed for the season. Mm. Like I said last week, if there is a time to find your form and kick on before the Euros, it's right now at the business end of the season. Yeah. So yeah. if Spurs have that Gareth Bell, then it's only good for Spurs, isn't it? And I think we so just... Ta- oh, go on, go on, Junior. No, no, I was just going to ask you, um, similar question that you asked me and Abdi, I was just... Uh, obviously, on the back of two 4 nil wins... Because mm. you won in Europa as well by 4-0. Although you were pretty much through. Yeah. But you win 4-0. Um, Gareth Bell and Ali score. And then you win 4-0 against Burnley. Bell scores twice. Uh, and also gets an assist. That ball to Kane was mm-hmm. so sick. But like, are Spurs back? Are you happy? What is what is your assessment there? Like, That's what I want to know. 
I mean, if you're asking oh, other Tottenham fans, they probably say, "Yeah, we're back," but I'm not. I'm not delusional. Like, I'm not gonna just forget <laughs> about the bad results that pew, we've pew, had. Pew. You know, you have to take Fire into account. Shots. Can you let me finish, please? You have to take Sorry, into sorry. account that we played a, a team of burgers like Wolfsburger and we played a very, <laughs> very poor Burnley side. So I'm not going to get too carried away. Of course, it's great. We're scoring goals. We look like we're growing in confidence. Um, but look, the, the worry will always be our defence. I will have to say that Sanchez had a decent game. Um Maybe he needs to just stick with Toby and Sanchez now and just let that be the centre-back partnership because I do think swapping and changing it, it probably isn't helping things. And I think Rehilon, he has been such a massive miss for us. On that left-hand side, his pace and even his defensive work at times, I think we've missed it a lot. You know, we've had bloody Ben Davis. Like, you couldn't get any two opposites of each other. Like, you get the old granddad in Ben Davis and you've got, like, the young, like... <laughs> quick Reculon like I've missed that guy so much um mm. but look yeah we're we're in a good case right now but I'm not I'm not getting ahead of myself I have to see a run of games now I have to see us win our next say four games for me to be like okay Jose Mourinho mm. is bringing it back then I'll say we're okay. back but Bailey's back I don't well care. in like <laughs> in like two games two or three games uh it's the North London derby I'm not confident about that, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest. You had to ruin the podcast, didn't you, Daniel? I, I'm not, Daniel, I'm not confident. why are you calling me Daniel? Can I just say, I can't Sorry. wait. Daniel? Yes, Daniel. <laughs> I can't I can't wait. I've I got to put it out there now. I don't care who wins. I can't wait for the episode that we record after that derby. Just got to put it out there. I, I don't know. And well, I'm just going to put it out there that I'm only coming if we win, yeah? <laughs> and I'll say it now, yeah, I know... I know earlier in the season when, when Spurs beat Arsenal, I didn't speak. I promise that regardless of the result, I will speak on the podcast. Oh, no, but that was, to be fair, that was, I mean, I guess the Spurs game must have hit you hard. But yeah. that was, you were just in the worst run of form possible. And I think you had just given up. Like, literally. Literally, because I had defended Arsenal, well, sort of defended Arsenal throughout the whole period i was like no we, you know we the players our tet is okay and then i watched that love london derby and i just wanted to kill someone and i was just like yeah i can't talk because i but will literally the thing with implode. that game is that you've got your europe you've got to travel and we're at home yeah which i was like okay and also i think the only thing that gives me a bit of confidence is that we are starting to pick up a bit of form i think if that game had come in our bad run boy it would have been long for us but i still think do you know what i could see that being a draw i really do I think Arsenal ain't the same Arsenal that we beat 2-0. And we're not the same Spurs. So, boy, that's going to be a tricky uh, I just one. Wanna, I just want to echo what Tanya was saying about Bale. Mm. Although, like, it was Burnley who, you know, you lo- they lost 5-0 last season. They haven't got a good record away. Exactly, Brexit <laughs> FC. And also, you did beat, you did, um, you did beat um, Burger King in um, the last that's game. Well. Burger King so, 11. But <laughs> I agree. I do agree that... Um, I'm not saying he's all the way back, but Bale is... He's he's starting to look tasty. I mean, he's, you don't you don't become a bad footballer over overnight. But certain things he was doing in the Burnley game, I was just like, okay, I'm scared now. And one thing I will say is, the only thing that can stop this 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 resurgence of Bale is what Mourinho will probably do is put him straight back on the bench next game. Yeah. If he continues with him starting and him getting back into the the groove of things with Son and Kane then Tottenham will start getting more points. And I can guarantee that. And you've got to add Delhi into that if, as well. Hopefully, well, yeah. But to, yeah, to be fair, I don't know 
if he's going to start Delhi because that if you have them as a front four and plus in Dombele deeper with um, Hoybier, that's not enough protection for for someone like Jose mm. Mourinho. Yeah, but can I exactly. can I just quickly say just to counter that you're you're talking about a player who notoriously just can't string a run of games together without picking up nibbles. So there's yes. also the aspect of yeah. managing those minutes, I guess, and and playing him for thirty one game and then giving him ninety the next and maybe resting him for the Europa League games and and playing him for the full game in the league. However he manages it is is going to be interesting. But yeah, Bell looks like as Abdi said, not the Gareth Bell, but yeah, a version he, of. A version of his old self. Well said, Indeed. Mark. On, on, spotlight on you. Um, <laughs> all of our teams won. All of our teams Woo! won. So happy pod. No more support group. Yeah. We are we are living the best life. Uh, Mark, talk us through the Sheffield United win. Uh, yeah, good, good stuff. Um, firstly, it's crazy to think that I was nervous going into a game against a team who have picked up eleven points in twenty-five games this season. That's where we were at before that, that game. I was genuinely nervous. I thought there would be a chance that we could draw, lose. Um, but we won. I said last week I really wanted to see... Um, it didn't even have to be personnel change, but something changed. And that definitely happened. So the system was different. Mm-hmm. Although it may have looked like a 4-3-3, there was, it was just not that when you looked at us in-game and you look at our average position mats. Andy Robertson was basically playing as a left winger. And Trent yeah. was almost in that kind of, I don't right know, centre-back. right centre-back slash right centre-mid slash right-back yeah, yeah. role. Um, and then you had, that then meant Mane could move in from the left and kind of occupy that central space. It was really good it was to see. Yeah, very it, clever. it was good to see. And it, and it it's something I've been screaming for for a couple of weeks now. It's, it's something different. Mm, Keep the opponents guessing. And that's what we've got. Um, so I'm, I'm actually really happy. Obviously, the clean sheet came. I thought Thiago was good. Um, and, and we've only got um, Jota and Fabino and a few others to add to this now um, for our Champions League campaign. We've got yep. those players coming back. So it's, I'm not saying everything's changed because it quite clearly hasn't. But it's a positive that I've been able to pluck out of a whole string of negatives. Mm. Um, but for me now, it's about we've got Chelsea on Thursday and Woo! the win against Sheffield United for me doesn't mean anything. Unless we go and pick up three points against Chelsea, I'm a Liverpool fan. That so, game, to be fair. So yeah, just to sum up my thoughts, a lot more positive. Um, I saw patterns of play in there that I haven't seen for a while. I saw a bit more confidence in the players. I saw a group of players who really wanted to win that game, but it has to continue now. We have to build into some sort of momentum. And as Tanya said actually earlier, I won't be majorly happy until I see us spin three or four wins on the bounce in the league. Mm. I think but, that's- I think that's all Good for start. us. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, a quick caveat to the clean sheet thing was obviously that Adrian played um, because Alison's father passed away. So I oh, yeah. uh, just want to uh, rest in peace, Alison's father. Firmino dedicated his goal to him, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw the Curtis John. Yeah, Curtis did as well. Yeah. Uh, outside of the pitch. And I mean, it's horrible news, the. Um, Alison's dad, especially the, the the drowning and and it just not being a really nice situation. He actually only went there because the city he was originally in was spiking with COVID cases. So he thought, cool, I'm going to get out of here and go to a holiday home somewhere else in Brazil. You know more about this than me, Junior, due to the size of the country and where everything is. Yeah, But yeah, it's not a nice situation. But I have to give props. I, this might actually be the first time I've 
ever done this and potentially the first time I ever will. Um, but I thought Adrian was good. Yeah. Wow. Um, I thought, uh, that's all I can say. I'm not going to big him up and say I thought <laughs> he was unbelievable, but he gave us the steady performance that we really needed. Um, he, at the end of the day, he's playing behind the back two of 20-year-old Ozan Kabak playing his third Premier League game and 23-year-old Nat Phillips who um, is playing, what, maybe his sixth or seventh Premier League game. So he was he was behind an, an inexperienced back mm. two and, and really offered us um, some stability and, and I thought he was good with the ball at his feet. He was composed um, and we don't usually see that from Adrian. So I do have to point out and no doubt if he does end up playing for us again, we won't see that, but it was good to see against Sheffield United. Is if that... Keller fit, he's going straight back to the bench. <laughs> is, everything... Yeah, more... yeah. is everything okay with Nat Phillips? Man shaved his head. He's looking very <laughs> no, I like crazy. that, man. It makes him look more militant. <gasps> need... Listen, we... It makes him look <laughs> 10 years older. Sorry. <laughs> we need... Uh, uh, listen, the, the, the defensive crisis we've gone through this season, listen, if Nat Phillips has to shave his head, <laughs> uh, for some, I don't know, then just do it. <laughs> just do it. All right, cool. Um, but I actually, just on that note, on the Nat Phillips note, I thought he was great. He would actually be for me the first centre back on the team sheet for us going into the end of this season. Um, and I would keep him as our fourth choice centre back next season, one hundred percent. I actually, I'm a, I'm a fan of Nat Phillips, and it's funny because we were very close to loaning him off to the Championship in the summer. So it's, it's lucky that he didn't actually. But it's funny because um, I think you got six centre backs. Um, uh, now, including those that are injured, so you said yeah, talk about two, two of those are loan, innit? So yeah, and and Reese Williams would shouldn't have counted it. Like no one would know who he was. Wait, wait, if it who, weren't for the injury that? crisis. Come back and oh, is David Yashi born? Yeah, David was born. Oh, they, oh, sorry. Yeah, they, they, oh. see the problem with that is that obviously, um, as is our luck this season, he's injured at the moment. Um, <laughs> he wasn't injured when he came in. Hopefully he's back in the next couple of weeks, but he hasn't even been able to make his debut yet. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and Celtic were very close to buying him, and turns out we managed to pick him last minute because obviously we desperately needed legs yeah, in yeah. that position. Uh, but I just sorry, the last thing from me on that game is just a bit of praise for Curtis Jones. Um, he was the one for me that set our tempo. Uh, him, Genie, and Tiago in particular, but he was. The, the ball getter, not afraid to be on the ball, not afraid to try something different and not afraid to be creative. And he got his goal, which was great. And he played a big hand in the second goal as well. That's fair. Mm. Uh, does anyone have any pressing thing on this game? Because we can move on because we still have so much to get Rams, to. Ramsdale made some good saves. He but did. Ramsdale made some great saves. But that's it. There's one he made from Firmino that was, that was a bit lucky, but it was a good hand. But there was one, I think it was from Trent. I'm not sure. Oh, on the top corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was um, a good save. And also low down to Salah when Salah was um, through yeah. as well. But yeah, yeah. Um, they're going straight down. So yeah, good luck to that. Yeah, bye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the next, the final game was uh, Everton versus Southampton. Southampton are in a ridiculous run of form. They're just 14 games, 14 games, seven points, seven goals. Wow. It's the side. We gave Russell, we gave Hassan who will manage the season. So far, halfway, halfway award. Yeah. Do you know what? I'll just say, I was saying D Smith here, so. Shut up. No, I just, it goes to show that the, the points that you pick up because you know when you lose a game early on in the season, you kind of think, oh, it's early on in the season. It's annoying, but 
Uh, it actually just goes to show how important those points are because if Southampton didn't have a strong start to the season, they'd be in serious trouble right now. Mm. They'd be in that scrap that, we're talk- that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Only not seven now. points from Fulham, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, if they're not <gasps> now. Um, but major credit to Everton. The They keep going. Uh, Richarlison is finally scoring goals because I was at point yeah where I was thinking like, and said five, he's got like six this season <laughs> yeah but they're all Sorry. in like six or seven games <laughs> Sorry, <dude. Yeah. laughs> man, man, man said six to me with his chest <gasps> like I was about to be blown away uh, yeah I know I, I was disproving your point <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, listen, he went through a large gap where he wasn't scoring. So I was just like, this guy, like, you can't... He came with a big... Like, people forget that Leicester spent £50 million on Richarlison. Oh, yeah. I think people do forget because Leicester didn't spend a penny on him. It was Everton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Everton, <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. Uh, he, he's too quick. Evany, anyway, Everton spent £50 million on Richarlison. And for six goals this season, like, you expect more. But he is, you know, he had a good game against Spurs in the FA Cup. And he and he scored the winner yesterday. But yeah. No, I was just saying. Just, Abdi put uh, goals galore, like, relax. He's been scoring a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's his oh, back. So it was Ab- so it's Abdi that I really... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's fire. Goals Man, galore. You, for need, you, you but... need to stop your Everton hate, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... No, I, actually, I was just going to say that he, to be honest, he's the type of player that, yes, you would expect more goals, but he does influence football games in a yeah. whole other side of things other than goals. So, to be fair, now, I'm being a bit harsh, but I, I really find his new tongue out celebration. It really, <laughs> really irks me. So, I just think, like, if, if you, because the whole season they've been playing like a, like a, a version of 4 4 2. A version. I'm not saying they're playing four four two, but you see like um Calvert Lewin and Richarlison up top together and they were relying on a lot on Calvert Lewin's goals. Yeah, when he got true. injured, mm-hmm. Richarlison wasn't scoring. They were getting goals from yeah. other areas. So that's what I'm saying. Like for a fifty million pound player, you expect more up front and end product. Yeah, he does influence games, but if you influence games and it's still one one and you didn't bag, it's not it's not gonna do yeah. you any good? I've, I've got a I've got a question for the three of you. Um, let's let's say I want a one word answer. All Some right. of you might want to elaborate. Everton top Abdi. four, yes or no? Absolutely yes. not. No way. Yes. You think really? so? Do you I, I think. Uh, what's it? What's it? dark horse? I think they're a dark horse. Oh, but when top. I said it, it was meant. No, you <laughs> said they were going to win the league. You can't. You can't spin words that are on record, Tanya. <laughs> I want this on record. You've got to find it for me because I'm sure I would be stupid enough. To I've say showed that. you this before. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Yeah, yeah they got. It's still got Alex Oibi in the starting eleven. <laughs> no, but I just think like the, the manager and the form that they're on. They're just. I don't know. No, I'm I just sorry. I don't... Yeah, let's not forget. <laughs> let's not forget yeah. that before this game, the last two home games were 2 0 defeat to Fulham, 2 0 defeat to Newcastle. Exactly. So... Okay, fair. But all That's teams true. go through. That's true. They've got a game in hand, though, equally just to yeah. even that out. And I think if they win that, they um, are. I think they. A, they leapfrog Liverpool, they leapfrog us. And B, Wait, I'm not are. sure how many points it. Um, They'll them. be level with West Ham, yeah. Behind top four, yeah. So uh, the reason I ask that is because as much as I don't like it, I honestly, I really think there's a there's a chance. 
Because I, I see Leicester dropping out of the... And out of Everton and West Ham, I'm more likely to believe that Everton could finish above West Ham in the Champions League spots. If that would happen. I just don't think they're better than your, your Liverpools and your Chelsea's for me. I, I just yeah. don't well, think that. Well, Liverpool and Chelsea have to win games in order to be able to get into the top Chelsea four. Are, um, Chelsea aren't beating under Tuchel, man. Yeah, yeah but exactly. they're not winning. That's three draws, three or four draws with Tuchel. So come back me again. Mm, they did beat Tottenham. They beat, mm. um, who else? They beat one, Tottenham, one they beat game. United. That's two games. They won a home game. I can't remember who, but they've won three games since he's been there. So, but and there's, there's three well. or four draws there. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but they did. They had an impressive. I know it's not the league, but they did go to the La Liga, yeah, league leaders and beat them. So Chelsea are looking. But we're talking about the league, and and we're talking about finishing in top four. Yeah, so but I'm he's, saying he's only been there for five. Or yeah, six he hasn't games, been there so long yeah. enough. Like, oh my god! I'm not saying that that I know it's a disaster. I know you're ruling Chelsea out already. It I'm is. not ruling Chelsea out. I'm just saying Chelsea and Liverpool have to have to win. Andy yeah. hates Chelsea saying, more than me. So, so what you're saying, yeah? So what you're saying, Junior? It's going to be Junior saying it's going to be Man City, Man United, Tottenham, and Arsenal. No, what I'm saying is, <laughs> it's, everyone, bro. it's Man City, West Ham, Everton, and Aston Villa top four. I said it first. Wow, Everton and Aston Villa, wow. <laughs> and West Ham. 80s, bro. Um, anyway, let's move on. Uh, so that ends the the we we haven't got long left. Basically, Neymar. Um, I don't know if it was Sunday. He was doing some madness on his Instagram. So I he he basically said, "Send me a secret. I won't bait you out." Um, so I don't know any of these people, but I have I have some here that are completely. Are they like PG? Say... Yeah, PG. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> can I just can I say one thing as well, just before we read this out? I'm, oh yeah, just yeah. So I can just to make it a bit easier for you. So one of the ones that Junior is about to read out is one that he sent into <laughs> Neymar. <laughs> no. And, and we want you guys. We want. No, I'm just. We want you guys to let us know on socials which one you think that yeah. is. Yeah, we'll do a poll. Mark is we'll a... do a poll. Do you know what annoys me? Portuguese. Do you know what? You can read Portuguese on the podcast. Junior, so. <laughs> do, do you know why this annoys me? Because Mark says everything with such a straight yeah, face. Yeah, he does. I'm so yeah. Okay. Oh, Junior, read it. Can I just say, yeah? The second he put out that Instagram post, PSG should have been on the phone and said, bro, you better get back to training right now. <laughs> <laughs> what is this jobless behaviour, man? <laughs> I just want to start this segment by saying I did not submit any secrets to him. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, so he, he um, so one of one of the, um, I'm just gonna start. Thanks, Mark. He's starting now. <laughs> so he He's goes. Red. Blushing. Oh, so he he goes. I went to link a girl at her house. I woke up there, and I and then I ended up linking her mum. Wow. Oh my god. Wow. Hi guys, thank you for joining us on episode 76. <laughs> the next one is, the next one, I have I have children, but my wife doesn't know about it. We've been dating for two years. No. Him and his mistress. The next one, I, I've, I've, <laughs> I've slept with my cousin at my house. Wait, wait, stop there. That's enough. That's enough. Stop. No, wait, listen. At my house, when my parents and her parents... We're there. <laughs> Wait, what? what should we... <laughs> why are these? Well, why are these people treating Neymar like he's Jeremy Carlos? <laughs> <laughs> um... with some mad. 
This one, I think someone... He said, I won't bait you out. He should have just put their handles in responses. This one... Look, I'm not going to bait no one out, but one person on this podcast can relate to this. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) I went to fart on the bus going to uni and I ended up taking a no, dump in my trousers no I didn't I had to go to um to uni in that way in that state oh, <laughs> the next Sorry, one bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not with this right now. Oh, um when I um when I me and my um partner boyfriend whatever completed five years of dating i sent him i went to send him a sensual photo but i ended up sending it to his mum. oh <laughs> my god <laughs> um i went to ask a girl if she would go out with me but i was so nervous that i ended up farting <laughs> in front of her Excuse me. <laughs> and then the last one, just to end it, because um, I, I I kissed um, my girlfriend's mum, but now she wants more. Wow. Oh, that's that's it. Me. Actually yeah, me. The tone of this podcast was quite low <laughs> at the start, and after that, now it's just hit rock bottom. That's what I'm saying. Uh, well, wow. we can thank Neymar for that. Neymar. I know, let me, just a little note to Neymar, yeah? I know every season you have to take a couple months off for your, for your, for your sister's birthday. But, bruv, I, I was, I, you know, we always used to have these debates about Neymar before, and I used to say, man, go have fun, enjoy your life and everything. But, bro, get back to training and get back onto the football field, because clearly you're not doing anything, bro. Okay, moving on to more serious um, things. Oh. Um, I've got here a list of um, five asides from different clubs. Um, that are made up of under 23 players that play for that club. And I just want to see from you guys, which I'll, I'll pin them against each other and you see who, and you tell me who wins in your opinion. Um, so we'll, we'll start with Dortmund versus Barcelona. Um, the Dortmund team is uh, Jude Bellingham, uh, Erling Haaland, Giovanni Reyna, um, Yusufa Mukuku, and Jaden Sancho. Versus Barcelona, Sergino Dest, uh, Ricky, uh, I can't never pronounce this guy's name. Is it Puig? Puig, Puig yeah. Uh, Francisco Trincao, uh, Ansu Fati, and Pedri. I go with Dortmund. Uh, Dortmund win all yeah, day. Yeah, right, okay. win all day. Yeah. Then I've got. Charles... Oh, the type of guy, yeah, who he will take five aside so seriously. He'll <laughs> count all of his goals. He will ask for seventeen goals this off. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should. Anyway, if you play five aside, you should take it seriously and count all your goals. Uh, then next we've got Chelsea. <laughs> what did he say? I've just, just a pass. Sorry. <laughs> um, the next one. Well, I bet you count your assists. Come on. Yeah, of course, man. Come on. No, I count my pass completed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, the next one is Chelsea versus Man City. Um, we've got Christian Pulisic, Mason Mount, Reese James, Callum Hudson-Odoi, and Kai Havertz Ooh. versus Gabriel Jesus, Ferran Torres, Phil Foden, Ruben Diaz, and Eric Garcia. Two centre-backs. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was thinking yeah. about. Yeah. I, I'm actually I'm giving that one to Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. same. Um, I'm but, giving that one to Chelsea. For yeah. the attacking. You just know that someone like Hudson-Odoi would have a field there on the five-side pitch. Yeah. But Ruben Diaz, though. 
Yeah. The next one is Arsenal versus Man United. We got Gabriel, Bukayo Saka. <laughs> I know what Abdi's going to say. Uh, Gabriel Martinelli, Kirantini, Smith Rowe versus Mason Greenwood, Ahmad Traore, uh, Wambisaka, Brandon Williams, and Marcus Arsenal, Rashford. Arsenal, all the way. Not even a Sorry, delay, yeah, first of I all. Think. Why is so cheeky for Because that was my answer. Why, why <laughs> they put in um, Ahmad Tri- he, the yeah. guy We've not seen him. Yeah. 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 on the picture. Yeah, yeah. No. I want to just say that I did not create this list. So, oh. um, no, no. Um, so yeah, who are we going with? Arsenal. Arsenal. Abdi, Abdi said Saka. Um, yeah, Saka. <laughs> uh, next, next up is Juventus versus Liverpool. Um, we've got... For Juventus, we've got uh, Kuluzewski, I can't pronounce his name, Bentancourt, Chiesa, De Litt, and McKenney. And for Liverpool, we've got Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones. Uh, I don't know why they put Nathaniel Phillips. I don't know if you agree, Mark, but Nathaniel <laughs> Phillips, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and Joe Gomez. These selections are really bad. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Who would you... Okay, Mark, replace Nat Phillips with someone under 23 from Liverpool. Oh, um, on the spot. Oh, you... Yeah, yeah. A bit mad there. Um, we only do on the I'm... spot here. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even think. I, I can't even think. Are we going think. Liverpool or Juventus? I'll go Liverpool. Okay, just a little, yeah, I have to go Liverpool. Yeah. Those Juventus players look a bit dusty, to be honest. <laughs> the <laughs> next one, the next one and last one is Real Madrid versus AC Milan. Um, because uh, Martin Odegaard is on loan from Real Madrid. They've put him in the Real Madrid. No, doesn't count. Doesn't count. He's Martin asked. Odegaard. No, he <laughs> he's asked. Martin Odegaard. Okay, Martin Odegaard, uh, Valverde, Rodrigo, Eden Militao, and Vinicius Jr. against uh, Daniel Maldini, the son of... Slow down. Amos. Slow down. Say, that, say them names again. Yeah, the, the, what? what, the Brazilian ones? Yeah. Eder Militao. <laughs> Eder, <laughs> Eder Jr. and Vinicius Jr. So, uh, son of uh, Pablo Maldini is here. Daniel Maldini, Theo Hernandez. Um, oh, how do you pronounce this guy's name? Uh, Jens Peter How? I don't know, how or however you say his name. Uh, pronounce him in Portuguese, mate. No, bro. I don't know when he's when he's Norwegian. <laughs> Holger. I'm Holger, a... yeah. Holger. There you go. See, all I needed was some instruction, Abdi. Uh, Alexis uh, Salamekas, or how you say it, and Rafael Leon. I ain't got a Scooby, so I'm just going to go for Real Madrid. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> and that ended that, that segment. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Can we just quickly talk about AC Milan and that idiotic, loudmouth, oh, ponytail twat up front? Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he's honestly like, he just, everything, he, every time he speaks nowadays, I just think, what a clown, bro. You're, you're 40 years old, yeah. And your hair's like that, and you call yourself a lion. People <laughs> should stop taking him seriously. And um, he speaks he about himself about... in third person. I know, exactly. You talk about yourself in the third person, I can't take you seriously. Uh, yeah, but the point Abdi is making, I'm just joking. Um, basically, um, uh, he said that LeBron should st- just focus on yep. football. And essentially, like, you know, that, that, that thing that that reporter said once, shut up and dribble yeah. about LeBron. <clears throat> when... You know, if you're taking a stand against what's wrong, it's hardly political. And at the end of the day, you can't get away from politics and football. Sometimes they have to be interlinked. So to tell someone to just stick to what you're good at, it will... And any time Ibrahimovic talks about anything other than football from now on, 
then people should just say stick to what and, you're good at. And he's and you're forty, like... so soon you won't be forty. You're soon you won't be good at football anymore. So you won't be able to allowed to talk about anything. He, <laughs> he's <laughs> acting like LeBron would not step on his face, literally. Like I don't know who he thinks he is. I don't know. But also, Lukaku, <laughs> also it, I think it's um it's really bad because there's been a lot of racism in football and players are finally speaking out about it and it's becoming Ibrahimovic like... himself has spoken about the fact that he's got a typically Bosnian surname and he said he's been victim of racism in 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 Sweden so you know you're not allowed to talk about that in your own words so oh man I'm done with this guy all right you. okay cool let's do man of the week to wrap up um Mark's got a question uh, just quickly um I guess oh, sorry it's like a small it's a very small trivia thing that I saw earlier um what? and actually you mentioned Vinicius, sorry, I'm doing this in such a uh, English pronunciation, but Vinicius Junior um, <laughs> just recently became the third youngest player to reach 100 caps for Real Madrid. Mm. I want to know if you guys know who the two players who have reached 100 caps for Madrid are that were younger than Vinicius. Raul, no idea. Correct. And Guti, no. But think about. Um, a player that could come into a team and play constantly. What type of position are we talking? Fullback. Marcelo? Goalkeeper, Casillas. Yeah. Hey, well done, and, and, um, and Casillas. That was good from you, Abdi. Yeah. I thought you would have been in like a snap, <laughs> but Junior got them both. I just thought that was interesting. What, what can um, I do? Man, man said it the second the question died <laughs> in the mouth. He was there. What can I say? That's <laughs> usually <laughs> you. That's usually um, you. But let me just tell you, so uh, Vinicius Junior did it at 20 years and 232 days. Casillas did it at 20 years and 125 days. And I think this is mad. Uh, Raul made his 100th appearance for Real Madrid at 19 years and 177 days old. Raul was different, man. Crazy. Um, Cool. So let's do Man of the Week and I'll start because Abdi usually takes mine. So I'm going to go with William. (laughs) Because although wow. we give him a lot, of, I know we give him a lot of stick, and we even voted him worst player transfer wise. <laughs> but you have to give credit where it's due. Three assists in a week, um, regardless if you're the worst player that's ever played football, according to Abdi, um, you deserve some credit. So I'm gonna go with Willian. Let's go with Tanya next. Yay, Let's go with mine. Tanya next. She 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 was looking at me with ex- such expectations. So come on, Tanya. No surprise, it has to be Gareth Bell. Four goals, no way. four games, and three assists. It's got to be Gareth Bell for me. Yeah, that's a solid shout, Marcus. I um, I'm going to give it to Curtis Jones this week. Yep. I thought he was really influential so. on the pitch. Um, a goal, an assist. Um, well, it, not a technical assist because it was an own goal, the second goal, but the yeah. assist was there. Um, and yeah, asked to play a slightly different role, play more advanced. Uh, and I thought he'd done that really well. So Curtis Charles for me. Fair. And then the Enigma. You've got to stop saying that. It's the man. Um, I was. I actually had two. I was going to go for Lukaku because recently what he's been doing for Inter yeah. Yeah. Is, man, he's yeah, he's been slapping it, to be fair. And slapping goals into a bottom corner, running for everyone, which is, he's been on fire. And he ducked Ibrahimovic two weeks ago. Uh, but <laughs> in the last second, I have to give it to Saka. The main man. Oh, like, for good the, the no. King of Arsenal. 
he saved our. He didn't play the weekend, but he saved our season midweek. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, astounding assists. So That's true. To be fair, it's it's so funny. As soon as our teams win, man of the week is dominated by our <laughs> yeah, teams. I know. Oh, I had to change it because everyone so wants their own team. <laughs> I am oh well, if you don't if you don't like it, get your own podcast. On that note, see you later. <laughs> no, I have one story. I left the story off oh, last yeah. week. Sorry. We had we had footballers in trouble with the law, and I left the story off. And I have to tell this story. It's just crazy. So I was reading. I was listening to a podcast. Yeah, and there was a story about you guys. I don't know if you remember. There was a, ma- a manager who was in the football league. He's the current sporting director of um, Peterborough. His name is Barry Fry, and Barry Fry was like. Um, um, basically, he's just talking about how um, he had some crazy owners in his time as a manager. So when he was at Barnet, he had a crazy owner when he was at um, Birmingham and, and Peterborough. And one of his owners, I think it was at Barnet, is a guy called Keith Cheeseman. And what he did is that he was having the, all of their players were having difficulties with being paid paid because he was just a dodgy owner and then what he did was this is mad so he said i'm gonna throw a buy for the players because they've been amazing so he said get every player to bring at least three people they know and he said give me all of their names and their addresses so i can send out invites for the party so he got all of their names and the addresses and this must come up to like 200 300 people yeah and he went and took out ten thousand loans on every single name he had and then he he got arrested he finally got caught for embezzling three quarters of a million. Oh my god! And that's how he ended up pay- paying the players five week wages. But it was only came from all all of the loans he took out in all of the <laughs> their their family members and friends. That is so, mad. Uh, wait, wait! Didn't a bank e- like letter send a letter to these? No, people mate. This to... was back in the day where like, oh, yeah. you could just take out a loan with just by taking was... a name and an address. <laughs> I was just about to ask you not to put you on the spot, but when like when are we looking at what what sort of time frame? This is like I think it was like late nineties, early two thousand. So the regulations were way different than it is. That's now. mad, <laughs> bro. That's crazy. Uh, Abdi, do your little thing. Oh, thank you guys for joining us um, on this episode 76. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. And as always, whatever, man. End this rubbish. See you later. <laughs> Peace out. It's Junior, man. He always fluffs me. Sports Social Podcast Network.